Uh-oh, I feel a rant coming on, and it's about social media. Buckle up, folks. Welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 40th episode, I'm going to engage in a bit of a rant about what really annoys me about social media. But before we tap into such so-called wisdom, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the hell is the Press Club C anyway? Each letter stands for stuff we talk about during these episodes. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books, and writing, my own books, other people's books, fiction, nonfiction, so on and so on. Uh, C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. Uh, U is for understanding, you know, lessons in history, uh, economics, education, and so on. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that last C in Press Club C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one, and in particular because we have to identify, we have to drill down these days. I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. So there you go. Now let us rant. Let, it, let the ranting begin. And in fact, my rant about social media is about unhinged rants on social media. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is uh, something of a bipartisan affair. If we talk about, you know, politics and cultural issues and so on is... You know, the left certainly participates, and at the very least, the populist right is deeply involved, which is an increasing chunk of the uh, of the right, unfortunately. And therefore, so are Democrats and Republicans and so on. So what's got me hot and bothered is, are, or are, unrelenting criticisms being fired off in every direction, and often without any basis in fact or reason, unconcerned with consequences and usually failing to offer solutions or remedies, or at least constructive solutions or remedies. I know your reaction is, golly, Ray, I'm just shocked. Shocked to see that this is going on online. Yeah, I get it. I understand. But, you know, as a columnist, <clears throat> I was taught certain things as a newspaper columnist. I had some wonderful folks early on in my career. And, you know, when I engaged in criticism... I was taught, well, first to make your case very clearly, right? Make it well-reasoned uh, and always emphasize, always, always, always offer solutions or alternatives. Now, did I always do this? <laughs> did I fall short? Well, of course, I did fall short, but I tried and I continue to keep trying to keep this in mind when writing and speaking and debating, uh, podcasting and so on. So, um, you know, therefore, when it comes to going over to social media, did this training I received, you know, being hammered away into me that we should always be offering solutions or alternatives, even if it's a passing mention, right? But something, did this spoil me? Does it mean that I expect too much when I go on to, you know, various like Facebook or Twitter and so on? Well, I guess so. Yeah. So, and, and again, listen, I get it. There always have been people, and they outnumber the rest of us probably, who who gripe and complain and make wild claims and resort to name-calling and, 
you know, all these things that we see on social media these days that are, that are, that are the source of my annoyance that, you know, assuming that one's opponents on an issue are evil or even demonic, um, and that others simply cannot be reached. Um, so, you know, I've seen this time and time, uh, again, and as well, I'm sure many others have, um, I've, you know, and, and listen, I, especially for someone like myself that's been involved in, you know, I, I wrote my first newspaper column back in the late eighties. So I, I'm not anything but perfect. I am, <laughs> but at least I'm trying and I, hopefully I'm getting better at, at, uh, at doing some of this, but you know, the, these purveyors of unhinged criticism today, they have this soapbox of social media and what's, Equally troubling is apparently they have lots of folks uh, who just simply fall in line and follow them. <clears throat> and um, and that, that's all very, very troubling to me and, and annoying. But, um, you know, by the way, this is not, you know, you could ask the question, is this about too much politics on social media? Because I know a lot of people complain about that. You know, stop talking about politics. All this on. But um, it's not about, that's not what I'm talking about. No. Uh, what I'm talking about. In fact, I love, I mean, I engage, I love, it's what I do for a living, right? Engaging in discussions and debates about politics and economics and policy and the culture and so on. But a big part of, of what's going on is, a, or a big part of this, my annoyance is, is about, there's no other way to put it, um, clueless, fear-generated politics uh, and or perhaps coupled with ankle-deep understanding of ideas and issues. That's as plain as I can put it. Um, so you, so what's the solution then, Keating? Right, I, I don't want this to actually be a complete rant. Um, how can our discourse be improved? Uh, obviously, it's not about limiting speech. I don't want to get into that whole debate, um, but I am a free speech guy. Um, I think, you know, to touch on it very quickly, if a private company that runs a platform wants to do whatever it's free to do that. That's part of the freedoms that we have in this country. And, and I have a freedom to criticize them accordingly. And I have a freedom to go to other platforms and entrepreneurs have the freedom to create new platforms. And that's what makes America great. So anyway, um, uh, you know, I, I, I love the fact that, and I, and I love the fact that people are more able to have their say than ever before. You know, understand that with, with some of the complaining that goes on about social media, you know, people are being shut down and so on and so on. Understand, there are more avenues to get your views out to the public today than there ever have been in the history of mankind. So I just kind of would like more people to at least think a bit before talking, including talking, if you will, on social media. So I have a few suggestions for all of us, and that definitely includes myself. So let's let's touch on some of these. First off, make sure your criticisms are sound, rooted in facts, and solid reasoning. Um, you know, don't just, and I see this all, don't just take something as true or wise because a person who happens to agree with you on one, two, or numerous issues provided a talking point or a meme, right? Um, treat yourself with more respect. Um, and, and especially if those people happen to be politicians, really, I mean, you're putting your, your faith 
uh, in politicians, cable TV talking heads? I don't think so. Um, you know, find truly reliable sources. I mean, this is not, I understand, listen, I do this for a living, so-called living. Um, I realize most people don't, but you still want to engage in, in politics and the discourse and so on. And that's fantastic. That's great. But find reliable, truly reliable sources. It's not easy. Uh, You know, as much as there are so many more avenues and so many more voices, arguably it's a bit harder uh, to find those that are truly reliable, but it's essential that you do that. And, and you have to use your, your tools of discernment. Um, and in the, you might even find yourself that you disagree on some things with perhaps a particular source, but find value in other areas. Now there are plenty of media examples. Um, you know, I don't agree with, uh, the New York times editorial line. Hardly ever do I agree with them. Um, and there, there's clear liberal bias in their reporting. However, there is value to be unearthed in some of that reporting. It just requires a little discernment by the reader. Um, the same goes for a whole host of other, if you want to call them mainstream media outlets. So you just have to be able to discern. This is not new, right? Liberal bias in the media. It's bewildering to me that we're treating liberal bias in media like it's something new. Oh, golly. Hey, did you know that, you know, some of these media sources have a left-wing bias or lean left? Oh, golly. I'm shocked. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you better have heard it before. It's not new. So just use your tools of discernment. Um, you know, and, and while you're doing that, don't assume, um, you know, don't go go to the next step of, uh, you know, you can just listen there are a whole host of media sources to that you have to look at with a, a very close eye, a wary eye, and you have to use your tools of discernment. There are some media sources you just can't trust altogether. But however, when you're in a debate and a discussion on an issue, don't assume your import, your opponent on an issue or a topic is, you know, for lack of a better word, the devil. Um, you know, let, is it really constructive to assume? that they're too far gone. They're just simply too far gone to get it. Does that attitude help anyone, including yourself, quite frankly? I would say it's not very healthy. It's not healthy, certainly in terms of our discourse and how we treat each other. Uh, I think we've seen that, results of that in recent times. So instead, how you know, think about how you can constructively engage, even teach or persuade someone on your point of view. Um, crazy, right? Um, try, here's an idea. Work to win them over. Don't work to chase them away. Work to win them over. Um, you know, even if you don't convince them right away, you might have started a process. You know, I, I, I'll give an example. When I started at Newsday, as a, I was a, a, a weekly columnist at Newsday on Long Island for about a dozen years, right? I was there. I used to say I was their token conservative. Um, so, uh, you know, I started writing with my partner at the time, uh, on columns, Matt Carolyn, and then Matt had to move on to other work. And then I just did it for myself for probably the last, I don't know, nine years. But anyway, um, a new editor arrived when Matt and I were both writing a column, very young person. Um, we wrote a column. I don't even know, remember what the topic was, but because it was from a conservative point of view, um, 
this young lady accused Matt and I of being racist. And we're like, whoa, hold on a second. Stoplight, red light, what's going on? So we sit down with my editor, who was a very liberal guy, but a great editor, right? He his he wanted to bring various viewpoints to the editorial pages, the commentary pages at Newsday. And he wanted to make each column the best it could be. And I learned a lot from that man. So anyway, we sat down and we just explained to her why this wasn't racist, right? Just because we disagreed with her on a hot button issue didn't mean that our view was racist. It actually had to do with public transportation and how to fund public transportation. So anyway, the interesting part was um, engaging with her and explaining to her what the situation was and then working with her over the next few years we actually became friends. I mean, I wouldn't say friend, you know, like we didn't hang out together, but we were friendly. Um, and she respected our work. And then when it was just me, my work. Um, so that was, you know, my rea- our reaction could have been, you know, to lash out immediately. I mean, we were, believe me, we were shocked and annoyed and, you know, aghast that we were <laughs> accused of this. But the point is, is that We all sat down in a constructive meeting, explained things, and then working with that person over the years, she came to appreciate that, hey, I don't agree with you on everything, but I get it, right? I get who you are, and I get that you're you're just bringing your point of view and your principles. So that was a great example for me in terms of my career. Something to keep in mind. Um, Also, when engaging, you know, ask yourself a question. Is the way you're presenting your ideas going to attract or repel someone. And, you know, listen, I, I, well, you know, name calling, does that make sense? Cheap shot, cheap shots. Are you going to really get anywhere with that? You know, why do that? What's the point? And unfortunately, I think, you know, for this goes more, you know, both sides have done this. Listen, I, I've been around long enough to remember that the left called Ronald Reagan a Nazi and a warmonger. And if he was going, if he was elected president, he'd be nuking Russia and, and uh, you know, and he was a racist and so on. and So, so you know, everything was thrown at Reagan. And then, you know, after he left office, um, you know, suddenly, and, and, you know, he wasn't in power anymore. Suddenly you had people in the media who, who accused him of being a Nazi years earlier were just like, Oh, what a great guy. What a positive guy. You know, that's, I guess that's a subject for another, another, uh, uh, rant. But anyway, the, the point is, is that in recent times, you know, you've, you had a shift, I think, uh, during the Trump years and it's carrying through at least a bit so far among some in Republican circles and on the right, that this is the way to do it. You know, this is the, you know, the heck with trying to convince anybody they can't be convinced. Let's just, you know, result to name calling. Let's not persuade anybody. Let's just do what you know, we're going to do and we're not going to explain why we're doing it. Uh, unfortunately, I think some of them didn't understand why they were doing it um, and just damn the torpedoes and so on. So that, that didn't accomplish anything. I mean, quite frankly, if you do an objective analysis, um, you know, the Trump presidency led to the loss of the presidency for Republicans, the loss of the House and the loss of the Senate. Not exactly a great record. So my point is, is that, and, and, and the conservative movement is suffering a great deal because it's scattered, it's broken, um, populism has invaded it. Does any of this stuff attract people to becoming a conservative, for example? 
Um, I would argue no, right? So in terms of what you're doing yourself when you're engaging in so on social media or elsewhere, you know, having a discussion with your friends and so on, um, are, are you, are you making your ideas appealing or not? So along these, um, lines, um, don't assume that just because a prominent person agrees with you on an issue or claims the same philosophical or political label that this person is a positive for your ideas or principles. And again, there are lots of examples. Um, I w I'll just leave it to your imagination. Figure it out. <laughs> you know, in the end, though, the question must be asked, do I want this person on my side, quite frankly? Do I want that person representing these ideas that I think are important and are 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 a value for everyone. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give an older example. Ayn Rand um, is someone that I admire in terms of her understanding of the evils of communism. Right? She lived it. She got it. She explained it. Okay, great. I didn't, I don't want Ayn Rand looked to as a defender of capitalism. Somebody that says that, you know, selfishness is a great value and, and, and altruism is bad and so on. I think she had a fundamental misunderstanding, quite frankly, of how the free enterprise system works. And I don't want Ayn Rand as the, the person, the, the, the voice out front defending free enterprise and capitalism, free markets. So apply that to others, right? Um, you know, do I want, and also, do you want to defend everything that this person says or does? I mean, that's one of the things that I've been bewildered about over the last few years is that, you know, you can say, hey, that's that policy is great. Super. Patch on the back. Wonderful. But just because that policy is great, why does it mean that then people who find it necessary to defend everything else that a person does? And Donald Trump is is the obvious example here of what I'm talking about, right? So he got, he got judges right on the Supreme Court, and he did, you know, for the most part. And that, that's great. Fantastic. Big issue for me. Big issue for a lot of conservatives. That doesn't mean, though, that you defend everything that Donald Trump says or does. And in my mind, at least, it doesn't. But to a lot of people, it did. So that's very troubling. Does that advance, um, say, if you're a conservative, does that advance conservative ideas and values in any way? I would answer, I would argue no. Um, what else do we get? Now let's move away. Here's, here's a good rule, um, or, 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 uh, yeah, rule to, to guide your, your, uh, thinking and your engagement on these things. Don't think that you learn anything on Twitter. Okay. When it comes to ideas, principles, politics, and so on, Twitter largely is a cesspool. Now, listen, I use Twitter, but I use it in a way of directing people to other things, right? And I think that's the value you know, in terms of Twitter can direct people to news, right? To more thoughtful analysis, to more complete analysis, such as articles and books and so on. So as, as that type of tool, it's great. In terms of any kind of engagement or discussion of issues, it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, you know, maybe it's built, I mean, it's going to sound like old man Ray here. Maybe it's built for our time because people don't have an attention span. So they just want to use this number of characters to, uh, to engage on issues. But you know, I strongly argue, please don't think that you're learning anything on Twitter, go elsewhere. Um, and, and, and you do have to learn, right? 
I mean, you know, when I think about the first column I wrote, you know, where I was in my mind and my education, and I'm not talking about education in school necessarily, <clears throat> life education and so on, the knowledge that you accumulate and experience and so on. Um, you know, I, quite frankly, I know a heck of a lot more today than I did when I, my first paid article was published in 1989. So, um, because you, you, you should be, whether in school, but beyond school, right? You're done with your, your work as, you know, your degrees or whatever. Um, life is an ongoing learning experience and that goes for ideas and politics and philosophy and, and faith and everything else, religion and so on. So that's an ongoing process or it should be. Um, so you have to put that work in and, and, uh, that helps you become a more complete thinker and therefore better to articulate, better able to articulate, um, your support for certain ideas and policies and so on. Um, so that, that goes to the idea, do, do some work. You have to do some work on more fully understanding uh, topics and issues and, and ideas. Um, get past, definitely get past the talking points served up by those who who benefit from clickbait, for example. Um, and those who benefit, uh, if you hear my dog barking in the background, well, that's Jenna when someone's outside. <laughs> those who benefit from clickbait or those who, who benefit from getting their political base riled up. Um, perhaps that's not the right source. Those aren't the right sources for talking points. I mean, I don't like talking points anyway. Um, you know, in, in, real quick, my, this is one of the changes that I've noticed um, in my time involved in politics and policy and so on. The left used to be the masters of talking points. You know, for example, a, a topic would come up and you know, literally Democratic Party would send out talking points. And all of a sudden you'd hear the same things being said by, you know, various, for example, Democratic members of Congress. And it was just like, what are they getting? All getting the same talking points? And yeah, actually they were. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's one of the things that Republicans learned from Democrats. Um, and they have, too, have gone down the talking points uh, avenue, which is unfortunate. Uh, although lately it's less so because Republicans are all mad at each other and they're trying to figure out where the party, their party's going. Um, what else? And this, all right. So now comes back to my always, 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 always go into any discussion or debate or any form of criticism with well thought out solutions, alternatives, and remedies. This is, again, I, I come back to my always solutions, alternatives, remedies. If you just criticize and offer nothing in response then why should anyone care about what you have to say? Now, I understand criticism is necessary, and it, it can it can be constructive. Um, but it must be it's got to be done with reason, obviously. And even when harsh criticism is called for, and it often is, the ultimate point should be to teach and persuade. Um, so you know that's the always here, right? Always keep in mind. You know, you're going and you're rolling up your sleeves, you're ready, you're, you're all riled up because you saw something and you're just ready to start name calling or, or you know, putting up that clever meme that's going to, you know, get your buddies all riled up and so on. But why? Um, here's a thought, you know, again, go ahead and criticize it, criticize it reasonably and, and articulately, hopefully, but you have to offer something else. Again, come put forth the solutions and the alternatives and remedies, and even better, put forth why they work. So, and and then finally, 
you know, I want to speak to my fellow Christians and conservatives on this. And and I, I want to say, hey, have faith in your ideas and principles. Quite frankly, I get so depressed when seeing Christians and conservatives simply writing off people, you, you know, in, in these discussions and debate. And you see it on social media so often, you know, oh, those guys are demonic. They're demonic. I mean, I see that word used. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you going to possibly win anyone over um, by just resorting to such <clears throat> name calling and strange assumptions? Um, hold on a second. I have to take a quick beverage break. Um, you know, what? what's the point here? And by the way, quite frankly, I don't think writing people off is part of the whole Christian thing, right? <laughs> I don't think Jesus was in the, in the business of writing people off. You know, he was spreading the good news. I think that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. So, um, you know, those of us who are Christians and, are, and or conservatives, we should be engaging with others, you know, who do not believe in, in what we believe in as the truth that we understand. We should be engaging with a joyful confidence. Right? When, when you... When you write people off or turn inward, to me, it's a lack of confidence in your point of view. And there's no excuse for that, right? Be confident and, and exhibit a joyful confidence and work to win people over. Don't chase them away. That's, you know, it, it, there's my, here my here's my takeaway. Always, always, always. Offer solutions, alternatives, and remedies, and engage with a joyful confidence. All right, there you go. That's my social media rant. Thanks for putting up with it. Thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, um, including uh, some columns over at KeatingFiles.com, um, my other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes. My two latest nonfiction books, Behind Enemy Lines and Free Trade Rocks, please check those out. You can get signed books at raykeatingonline.com, or you can get paperbacks and Kindle editions over at amazon.com. And please, 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 I hope you're reading my Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries. <clears throat> um, if you haven't, come on aboard. Uh, the 14th book in the series was just published, Past Lives, a Pastor Stephen Grant short story. And that came rather quickly on the previous book, Vatican Shadows, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. So there's some new ones out. I really hope you uh, you engage, you enjoy them, you read them. Um, uh, I, I know I have a heck of a lot of fun writing them. And also, by the way, uh, check out DisneyBizJournal.com. Uh, I have a website over there that kind of covers everything in the world of Disney business-wise, entertainment-wise, and so on. Um, kind of a fun and joyful place over there as well. So check that out. Um, and again, don't forget the Pastor Stephen Grant, Thrillers and Mysteries. Thanks so much, and God bless.